0: Welcome again to A Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast. This is episode thirty-eight. Uh, they said we couldn't make it this far. I don't know who they are, but anyway, uh, my name's Kevin Cray. No, I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, uh, you are back in Pittsburgh now. Are you back? Back?
1: Yeah. I mean, is it... this is uh, this is pretty much it. I mean, we are we're looking for houses. Um, you know, uh, probably gonna find a quick spot to rent while we buy a place, but um, yeah, I mean, we are, for the foreseeable future, we have one trip back east planned to my parents' house into the Jersey Shore, just to kind of wrap up summer, but, you know, it's 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 almost like a weekend trip at this point, so we are, we are officially back in the berg.
0: So, this is the point where we usually uh, go to the safe space and it's my turn this week, but for whatever reason, I'm in a somewhat mellow mood uh the day off tomorrow. Uh got a whole bunch of stuff done at work today, feeling pretty good. I don't really have uh anything agitating me, um which is extremely rare for those of you who know me. So I'm gonna toss this one over to you and offer you the couch if you have something you yeah. want oh, to I get do On your
1: chest. I very much okay. do. And I think I think most of our listeners can empathize here. So but uh, Anyway, I, I used to joke when we were in Oregon that there's two seasons. There's rain and fire season. Um, in Pittsburgh, it's cold, winter, and construction season. <laughs> Those are the, that's the way that it's sort of delineated. I, I mean, I, you know, we were out in Greensburg for a while before this, and so I, I guess it wasn't as in my face for the last, like, seven-ish years, roughly. You know, two in, in Portland. But my goodness... I forgot just how bad it is with just random, you know, lane closures and things like that, whether it's just some people, like, doing electrical work on Allegheny River Boulevard or, you know, just a a, a lane closure here or there, um, you know, when you're on Boulevard of the Allies or something like that, but it is just insane the amount of like just impromptu work that gets done that you literally can't plan around at all when you're when you're just trying to get across town in like you know and and you get 20 minute drives turned into like 40 minute drives Uh, it's just it's nuts like it's i i don't think there's any place like i've been to a lot of places now i don't think i've ever quite experienced anything quite like construction in pittsburgh Steve, I hear you, and I'm going to
0: kind of jump in on that one. That's a good one. Uh, I was driving back from Swickley today on a back road called Blackburn Road yep. and came upon just a random construction uh, zone. The There were no flaggers. It was mm. just a guy standing in the middle of the street being like, hey, do you mind stopping your car? And uh, I sat there for probably about a good five minutes, and then it proceeds to go through like about a mile long milling and repaving job
1: done by allegheny
0: done by allegheny county with no flaggers like no flags or stops slow signs or cones just hey you know we're doing some work here if the
1: guy if the guy doesn't have a stop sign and he just is, like, waving you down and, like, talking to you, I'm pretty sure he has to also have a beer in your hand for you to actually need to stop. I'm pretty sure that's the, the law. Like...
0: I, yeah, I, I'm not positive that he didn't. May be, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Alright, so... Kind of to lead off the rundown here, I uh, wanted to do something semi-topical. Um came out this week that Austin Hedges was on a podcast or doing a TV interview of some sort and was lamenting the fact that at the tail end of his illustrious Pirates career that he got booze and he had to go talk to the mental health coach for the Pirates and he couldn't believe that the, the fans had turned against him and were kind of like dogpiling on him and this and that. So, uh, I've mellowed a little bit over the years and, you know, you're a rather enlightened chap yourself. Yeah, I agree. Um, we, uh, I think as a society, but, you know, me and you especially, have come to realize that the importance of mental health and, you know, it's not everybody's fault that, you know, things go wrong at certain times. Sure, Um, for sure. That said, uh... Austin Hedges sucked and he deserved to get booed. Um, when you pay a ticket, what is your role as a fan? I mean, you can't just sit there and just accept terrible play. You have to voice your opinion and not necessarily to the player itself, but those boos were more or less directed towards management.
1: Yeah. Of correct. saying,
0: we're tired of this dog shit, and we'd like to get you know, a little bit something better so, when I was growing up and you're just a couple years younger than me, but you know, you're in the same zone, the standard for oh my god, I can't believe this guy is a major leaguer in terms of offensive performance was Raphael Belliard, uh, in terms of being a pirate he would consistently put up weighted runs created uh ranging anywhere from 40 to about 56 over his his tenure as a Pirate. Uh, my man, Austin Hedges, had a 24. Mm-hmm. So he is 76% below an average major leader. I, I I don't really know what to say. Like, was he surprised that he was getting booed Uh I mean, did he think that he would skate by or what, what are we thinking
1: here? To kind of play devil's advocate, um, you know, he was doing exactly what he was brought in to do. And that was to play, you know, plus defense as a catcher. And, and yeah, I don't think he was perfect, but I mean, really it was about pitch framing for him, you know? So he was, um, you know, and, and he did that, he did it on spades to the point where he actually had a 0.6 F war, which is, you know, pretty well in line with, you know, what you would expect, uh, from a $5 million player, you know, over the course of a full season at this stage in the game. So, I mean, like he did what he was supposed to be doing. Like, uh, you know, is that the kind of guy that you want to be your everyday starting pitcher or excuse me, starting catcher? No. And, and then, I mean, of course there's no such thing as a, an everyday catcher. Um, Did the fans want Endy, you know, um, even though he wasn't necessarily ready early in the season? Yes, they did. So they, did they want Henry Davis? Uh, Yeah, they did. Um, But I mean, obviously he's not, you know, ready to catch either at this point, you know? So, um, and he took some time. He's, he came in and he's, he's, he eventually supplanted him. He wasn't really hitting in Indianapolis. So, I mean, like there was no real reason to rush him. Uh, and they may even still have rushed him. Um, Obviously, he's settled in, and he's doing just fine at this point, but I do think he's a little... I think he's got a bitch as far as, you know, people being a little overly hard on him, because like I said, he was doing the job that he was expected to do. He didn't hit well. He's never been a good hitter. He probably didn't even hit up to his own standard that he should have been achieving, but he was still in... You know, he he was still in the realm of what he was supposed to do. And, and, and yeah, he hurt the team with his bat. But I mean, he did make up a little bit of that, you know, if, you know, maybe even a little more than a little bit of that with his glove.
0: I, I guess. And, you know, he was brought in for the defense, but you got to figure he was also there as a mentor.
1: Sure. But in order sure. to
0: mentor, in order to mentor, you have to have a young person to teach. And he, his time with Endy and and Henry Davis, uh, it was a very small Venn diagram. Sure. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, team ERA in July, the last month he was here, was five five four. Sure. Team ERA in August, since he left, was five six two. It, yeah, it's not like it's not like he was saving a ton of runs out there or. The, The pictures were better or dramatically worse it's just he's just not here anymore and um i wasn't a huge fan of the signing i'm sure you go back to episode episode one two or three um but it's just like, like you you were absolute dog shit just enjoy your time in texas maybe gravy train your way to a world series appearance
1: and that's that. You know? Yeah. I, yeah, no, I I'm with you on that. I mean, he's um you know, it's it's never a good luck look though when a player says these things in out loud <laughs> in public. You know, right. so I mean, like that's kind of on him. You know, you can feel like crap about it, but you know, you know, crying near millions, I guess is another thing that 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 some people say. But that being said, I'm not Again, I do think he was more the scapegoat. Again, I think people were really angry about management because he was not a good game plan. And, and I, you know, I, I don't think it needed to be directed at the person. I'm not a fan of booing um, unless a player is legitimately dogging and just collecting a paycheck and just not playing the game hard or in an entertaining manner or like giving it an actual effort like to me boo the hell out of those players but like I legitimately think he was giving it his all so I I do feel like I do feel like it does kind of suck to 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 go after a guy like that even if you are frustrated with you know the team and you know and and him being there you know he was just like I said he was just a bad game plan um he you know he is, uh, he is what he is at this point and, and, and he's gone. He doesn't have to worry about it, but he, if he were a backup catcher, I don't think anybody would have really sweat it, uh, or wouldn't have sweat it nearly as much.
0: All right. Well, enough dog piling on Austin. I don't want him to cry. Sure. Go on another interview saying he's, that the point of Pittsburgh hurt his feelings.
1: He's not going to listen.
0: Yeah. He, I think I saw he was a subscriber.
1: Oh yeah. Neat. Well, yeah. Well, not I anymore. Not uh, anymore. Yeah, that's with all the it. mean things you said about him, yeah, now rest in piss. Yeah, <laughs> we can't afford to lose listeners. By the way,
0: you know. Uh, he's in Texas. Yeah, it's he is. Like, he's not going to listen anymore. Anyway. No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have some. I have a little bit more of a, a fun exercise here. We'll kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Um, it's. I think if you were to stop ten people on the street who are actual Pirate fans, and say, hey, who's the best Who's the best Pirate pitcher this year? I bet you would say a starting pitcher. You'd probably get nine of those ten people to say Mitch Keller. And you might even get two out of two people on this podcast. But uh, the work that Johan Oviedo's done this year really needs to be kind of brought to light a little bit. Uh, so I thought it'd be an interesting exercise to see a game of of mashing up Keller and Oviedo's turns through the rotation okay to kind of demonstrate how good Keller's obviously been but obviously or, but also how good Oviedo's been as well so we can create like this Franken Keller Oviedo viedo or Mitch Hahn, you know pitcher mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so here's what you know went through pulled up baseball reference for each of them And basically said, okay, I can only take... I have to take one of these guys each turn, but only one of them. And then I'm going to create an aggregate out of those stats. So, uh, believe it or not, Oviedo, aside from Mitch Keller's opening start, neither of them had great opening turns through the rotation. But then Oviedo got the first three until... Uh, Keller went on a six-start 6, six start run. But then after that, it's been pretty much back and forth, back and forth. Oviedo in the month of July and early August kind
1: of took over some of the starts. So just to but, clarify, you are looking yeah. at each turn through the rotation, yep. which pitcher had a better start during that turn. Is that correct? During that,
0: during that okay. one turn, okay. yeah. Perfect. Now there were times, there were times that um both of them were not good and you had to sort of make a decision but there were also more times than not times where I was like huh I guess I'll take this seven inning one-run start from Oviedo because Keller's seven inning one-run start had one less strikeout and they had the same number of walks I mean it, sure they really have had some 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 good starts both of them so at the end of the day, out of these twenty-four starts, just wild guess, how many do you think were Keller, and how many do you think were Oviedo?
1: I'd say at least sixty-five percent to Keller. Like probably about a, I would say two-thirds of them. So we'll say two-thirds were Keller. One-third would have been Oviedo.
0: Going into this, I probably would have said about 60-40 myself. Turns out it's a dead heat, 12-12. Wow. no kidding. So here's the aggregate total out of those 24 starts. 144 and a third innings, so, you
1: know, okay. right at
0: six, six innings a start. Um, in those 144 innings, gave up 34 runs, walked 44, struck out 149.
1: That's good. That's so, really
0: good. So that's, you know, obviously over a strike on an inning. Excellent. 2.74 walks per nine, really good. So you basically have created this Voltron pitcher that is uh, at worst a high high two, but most likely a low number one. Um, so if you if for those of you who are doing the math as we go along, those those 34 runs in 140 in, 144 innings equates to a 2.12 ERA. That's Which good. is obviously amazing. What do you think the record was going through those
1: 24 starts? I don't know. The way things are going, probably... Well, I mean, these are good starts. So, I mean, like... Yeah, cherry-picking the you best. Know, these are good park starts. So, I mean, like, I, I would imagine Two, it's definitely over a 500. 2, 2.12 ERA. Okay. Over a strike. Yeah, so it's got to be well over 500. Eleven and six. That's yeah. All right. Okay.
0: There's yeah, the, that was I, I the mean, two. Could,
1: there's the there's the sixty six percent. You know, that I was talking about before. Yeah, roughly.
0: And, and you know, out of these cherry pick starts, there's really only like three dogs. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, not not even that. I'm gonna, yeah, three dogs. Three dogs. But there's quite a few of these trips through rotation where one of them was given up one earned run. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them pitched seven innings of no hit ball, or excuse me, mm-hmm. seven innings of scoreless ball and got a no decision. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just it's amazing with these stats that at a two twelve ERA that this this algorithm this conglomeration went eleven and six with a two twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of goes to show that both of them have sort of suffered from really bad run support this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm I'm looking at your list, and you look by the middle of May, they were one, two, three, four, five, six, and two. So I mean, like that kind of kind of shows yeah. you. I mean, that's even that that's when the the run support sort of went sideways, you know. And I mean, that mm-hmm. was also. You know, middle of May there, that's also when, you know, Keller was just out of his mind. Like, that, he was the only good thing going for the Pirates at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that 5-14 that Mother's Day start that you're looking at, that was his... Oh, my God. Peace de resistance.
1: Yeah, that was wonderful.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting little exercise. And it kind of underscores... Uh, I'm starting to feel like people are maybe underselling Oviedo a little bit mm-hmm. on the uh, on the interwebs. Um, I really have high hopes for him going into next year. Uh, I, I I've said it before; I think he's going to be our three next year, um, and that's that's really
1: good. I think he profiles more as a four in a good rotation, but I agree with you. I think he's going to come in as the three next year. Um, You know, I I think, you know, Keller's looking like the one, and then I would imagine they'll go out and sign somebody in free agency to be the two. Um, It gets real weird after that. Um, I mean, I I, you know, I think we can probably, you know... um, probably do an entire episode of what, of how four and five are going to look, you know, for the first few months of the season next year. But as of right now, um, you know, I, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, 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 it's totally, totally up in the air. But hey, that seems like something, uh, that seems like an early off season episode to talk about the, uh, the rotation next year. But that being said, the rotation this year is still quite unsettled. Um, you know, we can talk about that in a few minutes. If you want to put a bow on, or you have any other points that you wanted to talk about while we're talking about the Keller Oviedo mashup. Oh,
0: no, that's about it. Yeah. We can transition into, uh, the, the grim rotation to finish out these last 40 some games.
1: Yeah. Um, it is going to be, it's going to be a struggle kids, um, (laughs) to watch pitching, to say, uh, to say the least. Um, I think the Pirates have three legit starters, you know, uh Mitch Keller, uh as we've talked about a lot over the year. I think he's he's obviously struggled and and he and Oviedo are really kind of approaching uh, you know, kind of they're, they're approaching innings maxes at this point. I think Oviedo is he may have surpassed his innings pitch for last year. Um, you know, they're they're both being, you know, they're both looking like pretty big uh workhorse starters this season, you know, and and I would imagine both will record career highs for innings pitched. Um, uh, you know, Keller looks like a number two, uh, you know, at times, you know, a, a one. Um, at times, he's looked like a five. Um, but, I mean, he's always looked like a legit starting pitcher this year. He's had some ups and downs. Um, uh, long run, I'd, I'd like to see him more. I, I think he's still more of a two or a three but I mean, he's still a good pitcher. Um, you know, he's obviously in the rotation. Oviedo's in the rotation. We've got Bailey Falter in the rotation uh, as well. Um, you know, but but beyond that, it's it's crazy. I mean, obviously, you know, Rich Hill was traded away. Um, so he was came into the season as the number two starter for the Pirates. He's gone. Um, Tommy John surgery. All right. Uh, you know, there's there's three guys that that succumb to Tommy John surgery. Um, heading into pre- or heading into spring training, um, you probably look at Vince Velasquez as, as maybe the three four starter in the rotation. JT Brubaker probably the three four starter in the rotation as well. Um, Mike Burrows, I, I mean, obviously he ha- didn't reach the majors, but he probably would have been um, he probably would have been in the the mix at some point in time. Uh, thankfully, Velasquez got a little bit of time in. So he got 37 of third innings from this group um, is for a 0.7 F4. Um, you know, we have, Ma- uh, you know, Max Kranich. You know, I mean, obviously he wasn't really in the plans for the season. He's recovering from Tommy John himself. But again, you know, without going under the knife, I mean, he would have been a guy that would have been a depth option at this point. Um, you know, so the... Uh, then, I mean, you've got a few guys that kind of flamed out a little bit this year, you know. So um, some of them, I you know, were surprising. You know, I mean, Ronzi, I, I don't think any of us really sort of expected him to take a step back. He, I mean, he kind of, I mean, he, you know, I think the Pirates were trying to take the pressure off him. And, I mean, he was the number five heading into the season. Um, obviously, he would have been a really good five if the rotation had held up. Um, you know, Luis Ortiz obviously wasn't going to start in the majors, um, for, you know, uh, uh, you know, at least in part for contractual reasons. Also had a change-up that he needed to work on. Um, but I, I would have seen him as kind of like the seventh guy. You know, Mike Burrows would have been about the eighth in terms of the depth chart. Um, you know, Oviedo I would have had as sixth. I don't think they were planning on putting him in the rotation necessarily um, mm-hmm. to start the season. No. So, um, and then, I mean, I, in, I also have to put, I, I don't want to call, Quinn Priester a flame out at this point because I don't think he really should have been in the majors to begin with. I mean, like I said, I I would have put him like 10th on the Pirates depth chart and he wasn't ready and the only reason that he came up is because was just out of sheer necessity. You know, so... um, And, and that, to, that said, you know, Ortiz and Contreras, it's not like they're... It's not like there's... Like, these guys are both really young still. It's not like their careers are over. Like, they could have, you know... I, I mean... It, Ronzi's, you know, the velocity is not back for him yet, but the control seems to be there. Uh, He seems like he's working his, uh, you know, so far he's working his curveball and his change a little bit better than he was previously. He's throwing a lot more strikes at this point, so that's good. Ortiz seems to be getting it together as well, too. Um, You know, again, he still has some things to work on. I'm not ruling any of those three pitchers out, but right now... I don't think the major leagues is the best place for them. Um, you know, so so what we're left with is two bullpen days in the rotation for a month and a half. You know, uh, you could start Beto one day, and Beto, I think, is the uh, the number nine guy in the rotation, you know, uh, you know, coming into the season. Um, you know, maybe he, you could make the argument that maybe Priester was ahead of him on the depth chart and, and his performances... You know, pushed him up and and put him in line with uh, with being able to to, to start, um, but and then you have Andre Jackson, who looks like the other guy that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be starting here. So um, you have Bailey Falter, who um, you know, I mean, Falter was, a, he, I mean, that was a good choice. I mean, I, I think he was a it was a good signing. I mean, he was the Phillies number six coming into the season. Um, and, you know, he started until Ranger Suarez got healthy, you know, so now he's, uh, now he's sort of uh, filling the gap for the Pirates, and he probably will until J.T. Brubaker gets healthy next season as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, a, you know, it, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, is there anything – how would you approach this? Well, we're a couple weeks away from
0: September, which, you know, September call-ups, so we can maybe start kicking it around a little bit. Um, just because of the sheer necessity of arms, do you see any way that maybe uh, Jared Jones comes up in September? I hope
1: not. Uh, <laughs> he's not really... He's not pitching great. Like, it's not like yeah. he's, like, dominating AAA. He's still having control problems. He had a good start his last time out, but he wasn't good the, la- the, the time prior. Uh, I mean, like, just let the dude just let him chill like just let him develop like let him you know and, and again you're starting his clock early so now you know mm-hmm. if he does get off to a hot start next year you got to wait even longer but like just let him let him there's no need to rush him he's 22 21 actually i think he's still 21 or this is his 21 season he may have turned 20, 21 since Uh, or 22 cents, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm just not into it. I think what's more likely is, is I think we'll see at least one of Ortiz or Contreras, um, before the season's out again, I think whoever probably does the best between now and the end of the, uh, the end of the minor league season is probably going to get a shot again in the rotation. Uh, they both need innings very badly at this point, um, you know, to kind of keep pace and sort of keep them like nice and starter stretched out. You know, I, I, again, I don't want to give up on either of them in the rotation. So, uh, so they're going to need innings. So I think one of them will end up being back up here, but I mean, I think at least for the next two weeks, though, we're probably looking at bullpen days, uh, you know, uh, which is going to further tax the bullpen, you know, like (laughs) there's, there's not a lot of depth on the bullpen and these guys have already, there's a lot of guys in the pen that have already gotten a lot of innings on their arms this year. So, um you know it's and even you know so it's 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 just it's just not a great situation to be in it's not not a great situation
0: yeah all right well um the pirates have won a few games here and there this past week so uh i think it was last week we were so disgusted we didn't even do a three stars but is that something you're interested in doing
1: no, yeah, we did a three stars last week. We just didn't do one for like a month prior to that, so. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, we, had, we you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I think that we're, uh, I honestly think we've got a lot of, lot of similar names to, to who we saw on three stars last week. But yeah, let's do a three stars real quick. So, you want to start us out with your third star?
0: Um, yeah, sure. Um, my, my third star is Leo Verpoguero. Okay. and I I got to admit uh, he is intriguing um, I didn't really know what to expect out of him uh, very much this year I, I kind of felt like he was starting to get on the bad attitude train and might get shipped out on the next stop after the Rodolfo Castro experience um, but it looked like he took some things to heart uh, and sort of hit his way into the majors and He really hasn't stopped since Uh, last week. Couple home runs, stolen base, uh, a nice 146 weighted runs created. So that's um, that's my guy for number three.
1: Yeah, his uh, he seemed a little salty, and his his numbers reflected it after his quick call up last year and quick demotion back down to Double A. Yeah. So I I think it was probably mistreatment. I think he probably deserved to go to Triple A at that point, but. Uh, That being said, um, past in the past, Attitude seems really good now. He doesn't want to get sent down, that's for sure. Uh, And, and, you know, we we said that he might be the guy at second base, and he hasn't uh, last week, and he hasn't sucked since. So that's a good sign. You know, we didn't jinx this one. So uh, my number three is going to be Colin Holderman. Um, Really lights out, got a save this past week. Um, he's, he's been a nightmare for opponents. This is, uh, this is the Colin Holderman that I think we really want to see moving forward. Um, and if he is pitching like he is pitching currently consistently, um, you know, the eighth and ninth are going to just be lockdowns when in tight games, you know, when the pirates have a lead. So, but I, so I'm going with Holderman as my third star.
0: Yeah, he's my number two and okay. He's a, a really interesting piece moving forward. Um, I don't know if you how your algorithm feeds you stuff on Twitter, but for some reason I get a lot of Mets stuff. And who boy do the Mets fans hate Daniel Vogelbach? Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah, he's he is their Austin Hedges, and uh, to think that we got five years of Holderman. Maybe six. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, for Daniel Vogelbach is
1: quite a steal. Yeah, it's a highway robbery type trade. Um, yeah, I get a lot of Mets fan. I get. An, I. I. I get a lot of Mets stuff on mine too because there was just some basketball connections. So like, not because they're Mets fans, just because they followed me and I followed them for Duquesne stuff like years back, and nobody's bothered to unfollow anybody. So yeah, I see a lot of of met stuff as well. Um, yeah. so my second star is going to be a little repetitive from last week. Uh, and I'm going to go with key Brian Hayes again. So he's been, uh, he really has been hitting the snot out of the ball. Like he hasn't been, he's, I think he had a couple of errors this past week. So the fielding has kind of let him down, but he is, he's hitting the ball hard, had a home run again this week. Uh, what really stood out for me for him, and I really wanted to highlight this was uh, a uh, 3.3 strikeout percentage. So in 30 at-bats, 30 plate appearances, he only struck out one time. Um, That's pretty good. I mean, like on a team that strikes out a buttload, uh, it's nice to have some kind of stabilization and a dude that's going to put the ball in play and, and put it in play hard. I, I, I'm i not going to be one of those guys that's like, oh, he's turning the corner finally. He's turning the corner finally with the bat. But, um, you know, he's, he's putting together a pretty good sample size. Like, he got hurt, of course, um, you know, like he does. But, um, you know, he was getting hot before the injury, and he's come, like, after struggling immediately after getting back, he's done pretty well since. So, um, but go ahead who do you got as the number
0: one? Well, I have a feeling we uh, both have the same guy at number one. So yeah. you, let's just say it at the same time. You know, three, two, one. Go ahead. I don't what want do you to it got...
1: like that. Go
0: ahead. You say oh. it. Oh, I, I mean, it's Colin Selby, right? Yeah, it is. Oh, well, not no. this time. He was a hot oh, okay. mess. He was on my three stars yeah.
1: last week, but he's yeah. not so much this week. But, um, yeah. No, but it's Brian not, Reynolds. Brian it's, Reynolds, of it's, Yeah, it's
0: Brian Reynolds. Who are we? Who are we kidding? Here? Yeah. So, so, yeah. It's it's nice when the highest paid player, one of the faces of the yeah. franchise, uh, really brings the lumber. And yeah, had a great week. Three dongs, one fifty three weighted runs created. Um, kind of not as torrid as he was in April, of course, but no. Um, really helping out the offense. So. Yeah, there's uh, not much to be said, and it's just good to see that he's doing what he should be doing.
1: He's still above a sustainable rate at this point, but he's a lot closer to a sustainable rate. Like, this is much more reasonable production. Like, um, you know, <laughs> he was at like a 10-war pace to start the season off. Like, right now, you know, the, the the way that he's played the last few weeks, you know, he's he would be on track. To being a five war player, and that's absolutely, you know, at least three and a half to five war play, you know, well, you know, that's that's what the pirates need from him. He needs to be, with this contract, he needs to be a lock, three and a half war producer every single season, with some seasons being in that five war category. And he's gonna have to hit a lot better to do that in left field than he is in center or than he did in center. So it's he's he's actually hitting like a productive left fielder though, at this point. So I'm glad to see it
0: he is and but not to debbie down after he just got the number one star but this is going to be his worst offensive season if, if everything it holds
1: is. yeah correct
0: and uh that's not good yeah. so but that's for another day um well it's it's probably about that time that we uh part company um so it's time to bid adieu to our listeners thank you very much for listening as always I'm Kevin Cray.
1: And I'm Steve Gimaselli.
0: Thanks.